Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Trips for Kids Pedal Pod. This is a bi-weekly podcast that will be published every other Tuesday. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Hey everyone, thank you for listening today and joining me is Andre Sanders, the Executive Director of the Metro New York chapter of Trips for Kids, also known as the Bike Whisperer, by the way, which really quick, do you mind... Uh, you mind telling me how that came about and where you got that name before we get started? I certainly will. Um, well, first, let me say thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. And I got the nickname Bike Whisperer from teaching. I was doing a, a big open event um, in Cunningham Park, and I was teaching um, a woman to ride a bike but who didn't know how to ride. And after she was very nervous and very reserved. And after sort of working with her and doing a little Alexander technique and a little talking to her and making sort of like pulling out information that she could relate to. And when she finally got riding, she came up to me, she goes, Oh my God, it was, it was like, you're the bike whisperer. You were able to like break all of my barriers and get me riding. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I love that title. And so I, I adopted it. I just thought it was really good. Because mm -hmm. when I teach my, my learn to ride teaching, I have a, I have a real knack for it. So I can pretty much teach. I've taught a lot of people how to ride and I, I love it. It's, I mean, I love teaching in general, but the learn to ride gives this extra layer of challenge mm -hmm. that I really like. And I really um, work super hard to get someone riding because it's like giving them a superpower. Right, right. So then what's actually your number one tip uh, to try and get someone who might be apprehensive uh, to get on a bike? Well, there's, it depends on the person. Everybody's different. The cool thing about teaching is as the teacher and as the coach, we have to find what works for that individual. And to some person, it could be talking about vision and balance. Like a cycling is all about balance and vision. Mm -hmm. And so how do you relate the vision? How do you relate them to get to that vision? If it's an adult, you can make the analogy of driving a car. But for a kid who's five years old, that doesn't mean anything. So you have to sort of play with it and get to know the, get to know the client and then work from there and then just sort of pull information and feed it out. And, and sort of, sort of like, a, sort of like therapy where yeah. you work with them to find out how to get them to a relax and b find their balance and vision. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense, you know, cause it's like, it's true with, even with just bikes, you know, there's no universal bike that works for everyone. Everyone has their own little tweaks that they do to their bike. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, it's funny. That was a question I had prepared for like later on and we just happened to get right into it. I love it. Um, so first, do you mind just to get to know you a little bit? Uh, how long have you been riding a bicycle? I've been riding a bike pretty much all my life. I learned, um, when I was about five and I, I biked through high school and then I sort of lost it um, when I moved to New York and came to New York. I came to the New York in the early eighties and biking wasn't something that was safe to do here. Right. And, and getting a bike was, you know, I didn't have the space and it was much, much, it's very challenging to ride a bike in New York city okay. space. Um, the roads, there was no trails, there was no roads, safe roads to ride on. So I just sort of stopped, but then, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, reintroduced me um, to mountain biking. And he took me out on a trail and I was smitten. And I literally haven't, we've never stopped riding. Really? He proposed to me on the mountain bike. Wow. I got re I got, I got reproposed to 20 years later on a mountain bike. And, <laughs> and literally every weekend we are out mountain biking. That's so cool. That's an amazing story. That's, that's really cool how a bike brought you guys together. 
Wow. Yeah. So you mentioned about there not being really any trails. And I have here, it says that you've been a part of some projects to help create more trails. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? So there's an organization in New York City called CLIMB, which is Concerned Long Island Mountain Bikers. And um, the president, Mike Vitti, had a vision that he wanted to have a trail 20 minutes from anybody's door. Mm-hmm. And so he um, created CLIMB and then started working on building these trails. Mm-hmm. He, was the, he got the first trail, the first legalized trail in New York City, which is in Cunningham Park. Mm-hmm. And then there's a second one that is in Wolf's Pond on Staten Island. And then there's one in Manhattan and called Highbridge. Um, the actual first creation of the, of the trail, I was not part of, but the extension part, we got our volunteers together and we have a, a race team called the New York Cranks. It's our most advanced program. That's and a, they helped, I'm sorry? I was gonna say, that's a sick name. I love that name. <laughs> yeah, um, they helped us. So we all went together. They, they, Mike designed it and then the kids came out and they built it, they dug it out. and. And it's called the Cranks Trail. Yeah. So that, the extension is called the Cranks. Yeah, I was just going to say, I have it written here that you literally were in there, like, digging up dirt and putting that together yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, you have to, and it also teaches the kids, the kids, you have to be, you know, they have to be all participatory and understand the work that goes into it. So to help build it, it actually makes them understand the trail better, helps them appreciate it better, mm-hmm. um, and gives them sweat equity into it so that they're more vested into to riding right 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 um do you have a favorite place to ride like a favorite trail or anything you know anywhere i'm on a on a trail is my favorite that that moment when i'm riding um i prefer fast flowy trails with a bunch of with some miscellaneous tech thrown at me um you know here and there i'm i but then again you know i was in massachusetts and i was riding some heavy rocky trails and they were incredible Mm -hmm. so my favorite trail is wherever I am on my bike mm-hmm. at that time, at that moment. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. No, I completely feel you. I mean, it's just like for you, would you say it's just being on the bike? That's just your favorite part. doesn't even matter where you're at. Exactly. I totally agree with that. And when we travel, I travel, um, it's always about where are we going to go biking? What are the trails like? What's the, we reached out to the local bike shops. We find out where the locals ride mm-hmm. and and it's all about that freedom that you have that, that there's a lot of empowerment that happens when you ride mm-hmm. um, it could be on road. It can be on mountain. Just recently we've expanded into um, uh, road riding a little because of COVID. Yeah. And so we've started um, in the, in March, we started some spin classes kind of things, but the kids were on their trainers and we were working through Zwift and through just some regular trainers and, and Zoom doing some classes to get the kids warmed up. And a lot of them would, liked it and say when to transfer it to, to actual riding on the road. And so um, they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter has, we ride, you know, 20 to 40 miles a week on road. And then every, every weekend we're on the mountain bike. That's so sick. So you got a whole family that just rides together, huh? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, That's my sick. husband's on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis is on the race team. My my oldest child was on the race team. Yeah. It's 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 sort of family obligation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand that. For us, our family obligation is uh, being a diehard Laker fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that. That's us. That's us. That that's you. Yeah, yeah. That and uh, I think probably. As I mentioned off the air, you know, being on being on two wheels, but that's mainly me and my dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we 
both of my kids, we had them in a chariot behind us from when they were babies mm-hmm. and they literally grew up on the bike. Yeah, I, oh, I have memories of being in a chariot. I think probably one of my first memories as a human being, like being in this world, is seeing my dad pedaling and pulling me in a chariot. And I think I probably dropped like a grape outside of it or something. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, you know, and it's funny that you're not funny. It's, it's amazing that you mentioned, you know, the empowerment that comes with biking because it's so true. And it's actually something I've never thought about. never talked about on any episode of this podcast. You know, something we have talked about a lot is how when you're on a bike, it for like for me personally, I know other people that we talk to. It feels like you can go anywhere. It feels like you can just get on that bike, and if you keep pedaling, you're just gonna keep going, you know. But I never thought about that empowerment side, uh, where it's not even just that. As long as you keep pedaling, you'll just keep going. It's if you do it, it's it's up to you. You know, you're the one on those handlebars. You're the one steering. So I really like how you uh, you mentioned that because. I know for a lot of people that could be really important. Um, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The youth, it's really important, and particularly youth that doesn't have the opportunity to be out in the woods all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this allows them to have some control in their life because when you're on a bike and you're the driver of that bike, you have the power, mm-hmm. right? You choose where you want to go. You choose when you want to go. You choose how fast you want to go. You choose when you want to stop. You choose if you want to take the technical line or the not technical line. Mm -hmm. You're the one who wants to challenge yourself or not. But, and you get to make those decisions. And a lot of times, a lot of the youth we work with don't have the ability to make choices and decisions. Everything's made for them. So this really gets them feeling great. And the other amazing thing about being on a bike is it makes you 100% present, present of mind and present of soul, so that when you get off that bike, you feel great. Have you ever met anyone who got off a bike and they were angry? Yeah, no, that's totally true. That's totally right? true. Yeah. You're always happy. It's like, it's like this drug. I liken it to giving people superpowers yeah. because it creates this whole new world that gets opened up that takes them to places that they would never get to by foot or by scooter or by car. It creates a whole new community where they um, have people that they would never meet otherwise and do really awesome creative things out on those bikes and exploring on the trails. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. And, it, and it's something that, and I, I've also mentioned this in other episodes, you know, people are listening like, God, he's going to say this again. Jeez. But uh, it's, it's when you're on that bike, you can be, you can be in the same city you've lived your whole life. My whole life I've lived in, in LA and I go and ride and it's a different city than when I'm driving around. It's a whole different place. You know, just yesterday I went on a bike ride and I, oh man, I timed it perfectly. So it was like right when the sun was setting and as I'm riding, I just stopped and or like not stopped. I kept going, but I looked around. I saw how like amazing the sky looked. I noticed like a little ravine on this one part and uh, it was kind of like a wash a little bit, but it was like, we don't, when, where, where did this come from? Where's this water even coming, you know? And it's just, uh, you kind of are just present in that place where you are, or even I'm sure for mountain biking, you know, cause I was going on like a, a trail, like a paved trail, but I'm sure for mountain biking, you're present in that moment. Like, all right, here's a rock. I got to get my body corrected in a certain way, you know, and be balanced and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really important. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just going back to the youth that wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity, it, it empowers them. They don't, they, um, 
they like I've had worked with kids like I, I know one of your questions is about like a special memory of one of the kids. I mean, I've been doing this for over for almost 20 years now. So I worked with a lot of children. <laughs> um, I've touched thousands of lives through our program. Right. And there's a couple that have really stood out. And there's this one kid. And I actually have, a, I have his actual quote because I don't want to get it wrong because it's so amazing. Um, I had this one kid. He was from the Bronx. Um, had never been in the woods. I ride in a really small little tiny park in Queens called Cunningham Park. Okay. It's sort of a scrappy little piece of forest. And it's not even a true forest. It's a secondary forest with... Mm -hmm. A lot of invasives, a lot of vines, and a lot of poison ivy, mm -hmm. and a couple of squirrels. You know, it's like compared to out in LA and what they have, and you know, and where Marin, where Maryland started the trips for kids, right. this piece of woods is very small. Yeah. But this kid, Oriole, was amazed. He was like, I I've never been in the woods before. Yeah. He's 17 years old. Born and raised in New York City and had never been in the woods. He'd never been on dirt. He'd never ridden a bike on dirt. Mm -hmm. he, he practically had never seen this. There are black squirrels out there. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he hadn't seen this kind of, it's an Asian black squirrel. And, and he was like, oh my God, what is that? It's like, it's a squirrel. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was really crazy. And so we really challenged him. And at the end, I always have all the kids write something down. We do a, 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 what I call the cookie circle, where we sort of talk about something new and different, something unexpected that happened to you during the ride. And this is his quote. He says, I use it for my marketing because the marketing person couldn't even write this. This is so, so perfect. Mm -hmm. My life changed for the better today. I learned that when you fall down, you get back up and nothing, not even fear itself will stop trips for kids and its students from having a good time. That just, that's everything that we do mm -hmm. in, in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. and, and it's about these kids. He was so amazed that he was able to do all these things. He went over logs. He went through rock gardens. He climbed hills. You know, I mean, there's this long half a mile climb. Mm -hmm. and it's New York City, so there's not big climbs, but it's still a climb. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he made it. And he, this is a big guy. He was probably six, two. Wow. You know, he yeah. was a big, he was a big guy. And um, it, he was like, he was like a five. I mean, he was just so empowered and so happy. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah. Because and it's, it's just, that's, that's what the, that's that. what the program yeah. does mm -hmm. exactly exactly yeah and that's you're right because it's like no marketing person could ever write that you know no nothing that that came straight from his experience his heart everything you know and and just back to the empowerment thing and i'm sorry for interrupting you earlier but you know and you brought up that point of like going over the logs and the thing he did that you know no one held his hand no one held the bike for him at, and and lifted the bike up over the log he himself peddled that. And so, you know, that's just an amazing, that's, that's a beautiful example of some of the things that trips for kids does. And like you said, that perfectly encompasses the mission. You know, he yeah. learned, he, he learned exactly what, what we, what I'm sure, you know, your chapter uh, would, you know, wants all the kids to learn. Yeah. It was a transform, a transformative cycling experience. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I mean, the, the challenge I have with oil is that he was a one-off. I never got to see him again. He, but what we were able to do to affect his life in one day, mm -hmm. I think go, as he went forward in life, it took him a moment. And I'm sure there's other times later in his life that he stopped and said, do you remember there's this really one day that this really cool stuff happened. I went on this really cool trip with this group. Mm -hmm. And, and then we talk about like, because you break down, the obstacles we get off we look at it we talk about lines we talk about how we're going to spot how do you approach it what do you look at where are you you know how, how you know 
one of my favorite things is, you know, if you look at the rock, you're going to go right into the rock, right? So you have to look to your future. You have to have your vision forward. Um, going back to what I said earlier, it's all about balance and vision because our vision will take us where we want to go. It will take us into our future. Mm-hmm. And, and we have the power to make whatever choice we want happen with determination and hard work. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's it's the it's, uh, same thing, you know, I, I learned when I was uh, when I was dirt biking as a kid. My dad always told me, look where you want to go. And it, and it's applicable in life. You know, look where you want to go. And, and it, it's like like on a bike, you look where you want to go and your feet will get you there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and definitely the same can be applied in just everyday life. And I agree with you. I think definitely uh, wherever Oriol is now, I'm sure that's that's something he's he's never gonna forget, and and still hasn't, you know. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so I wanted to ask you. So I know your chapter is getting close to about like 20 years old, and uh, you took over Trist for Kids Metro New York uh, many years ago. Would you share with our listeners like how you originally found out about the chapter? So it was funny. It was my uh, 40th birthday. Um, and my husband and I were, um, my, my oldest child is two. And we were, we went to the bike show and it was right across the street from Penn Station. And we saw this thing, Trips for Kids. And we're like, oh my God, other crazy people that take their child mountain biking. Cool. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So we went and we introduced ourselves to the director. And, and it wasn't, it was not what we thought it was, but it wasn't, we were quite intrigued by it and said, well, can we tow our child with us? And then if we can, then we'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. because it sounds like a lot of fun mm-hmm. and she was like sure and instantly we were ingrained into the program and you know within you know within that season we were leading rides and really loved it and then she got uh, married and moved to florida and it was just a natural transition for me to take over the organization okay yeah that's so crazy so you guys um since you became a part of trips for kids you were taking your kids along in the in the uh, i'm sorry what's it called again uh, the chariot we had a chariot. They had burleys, but my particular one was a chariot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a burley. I don't know, but it was, you know, the tag-along, two-wheeled, five-point harness, five harness right. um, trailer that you pull behind the bike. And then my husband and I would share mm-hmm. t- t- towing. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so give or take about how many kids do you think have participated in the programs for your chapter over the years? I know that we kind of touched on that a little bit. I would say thousands. I mean, I... Um, the last, in 2007, mm-hmm. Cunningham Park opened up the trails. Cunningham Park was the first legal mountain bike in New York City. The largest legal mountain bike in New York City was five miles when it opened. It's now 10 and a half. Wow. Oh, yeah. And um, I moved my program there, I guess, around 2009 and started doing Take a Kid Mountain Biking Day. It was right when Emba started with that. And that sort of started the, the larger program, um, which turned into a public event that I did for six or six years about, where I would bring my entire fleet out of 50 to 60 bikes. I'd have a portable pump track. Wow. I'd invite the public to come and have a flavor of what mountain bike is. And then I would teach them the basics, you know, bike body separation, equal pressure level pedals, fingers on the brakes, vision, have them go through the pump track to warm up and then separate them out into intermediate and the beginner riders and then have my core volunteers take them out on the trail. And some, some years we got up to, you know, 200 people out in a day in four hours, four or five hours. Mm-hmm. So I've touched thousands of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and my main programs 
my, my reoccurring programs, my family ride club and my race team, I have the same kids coming weekly or biweekly that I get to touch seasonally, which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had one kid who was one of our first, when we first started the, the race team, it was in 2014. And we, we had this kid who was from, you know, his dad was, um, had left them. And so sort of a broken home. His mom worked all, all the time. And so he was very independent and, but kind of lost. So he, we, he just loved what the cranks offered. And it was just four guys at that time. And, um, and my husband was the main coach and, um, his name was Seth and we sort of took him he just sort of became part of our family and he came riding every day. Every time we rode, we would ride. He, they, we did like long road rides. We did the New York century with him. And we, um, over the years, he was with us for four years until he graduated high school. And then, um, he's now, he got certified as a BICP because he wanted to teach. Like I was teaching, he saw me teaching and he's like, I want to do that. How can I do that? And I was like, well, there's these different certifications that you should get. And so he became a BICP. Now he's actually a BICP level two or level three, where I was only, I'm only a BICP one. And, um, and he is off in California, uh, teaching, um, teaching kids riding, how to ride bikes and how to ski. And has taken all the leadership skills that we sort of taught him through our program. And he took them and he, once he graduated, he decided to drive across the country to sort of find who he was. And now he's registered in college. He wants to become a pilot. And it was just sort of like, he took it and just the, 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 the hard work and the commitment and everything that he saw that we were doing, he's like, this is really cool and took that and molded himself. And I believe that our influence helped him become who he is today. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's, that's an amazing story. Would you say that that might be, you know, like your other next to Oriole, another favorite story? Yes, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. That's amazing, that's amazing. Yeah. He's an amazing kid and he really has taken, and we still are in touch. He calls us like, I know that he's, he's going to pilot school. He wants to become a, a commercial pilot. And so he's putting himself through school to get, to be able to do it. He started flying lessons and, you know, it's really cool. Yeah. And when he got to California, he started, um, he's in Truckee. Maybe it's Nevada. He's in Truckee. Maybe it's Nevada. I think it's Nevada now. I don't, I don't know where's Truckee. I don't know, but it's, it's that Northwest area. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, you know, he stays in touch and he's putting himself through school. And, and when he first got there, he immediately got a job. One of the jobs that he got was traveling across the country, teaching at different Boy Scout camps. Really? As he drove across the country, he like sort of hooked himself up as a coach. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just really impressive stuff. And I think that the program gave him that vision. Mm-hmm what would you say is like the number one thing you would want the kids that come through your programs to really take away and really learn um, after each ride and, you know, being involved in the programs? It's easy. Learn how to trust themselves. Learn how to trust that feeling in their gut. If it's, if, if it's right or if it's wrong and understand how to read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally important. That's, that's so important. You know, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard for people to know, especially in one beautiful thing about trips for kids is with all these stories, you can hear that you guys are pushing these kids past things that they possibly even knew that they could have done. You know, I don't 
who knows i'm not sure if audio would have ever thought like yeah i could probably hop on a bike and go over this you know big old log and go through a bed of rocks you know like but now having been through that he knows he can you know and uh i think seth being involved in your guys' program made him know like hey the sky actually is the limit like i could i could go hop- hey, go to the sky <laughs> i can go sky high exactly yeah. exactly so yeah. i that's a beautiful thing that you guys are definitely doing. And, and I love, I I'm loving hearing about it right now. This is definitely, this is one of those episodes that we would definitely, if, if it weren't, if we weren't keeping it to 30 minutes, we'd be going for probably like a good hour, a good hour. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could talk about this forever. I mean, the bike is, I do everything about the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really my livelihood. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Um, how would you say that being a part of Trips for Kids has uh, affected you personally? Well, it's sort of given me a family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given me, um, I became right when, um, so I became, I started volunteering for Trips for Kids in 2002. And that was right after 9-11. I just lost my older sister. I was sort of confused and not, I was in advertising and I was looking for a new thing to do, a new venture. And so it really was able to redirect me and help me rebuild who I wanted to be. Because I, after 9-11, I was a little lost. I was not happy with being in advertising. I didn't think it was really pertinent anymore. And that making a, a commercial for sneakers was not going to be the thing that could help change the world. And so being with Trips for Kids and, and committing myself to Trips for Kids like I have all these years has been a passion. And I get to see how a bike can change, how it can bring a smile on a kid's face like nothing else. Like nothing else. And those kids, even when they get really challenged and frustrated and we help them go from not thinking they can do something to being able to do it, to understand it's just breaking it down makes all the difference in these kids' lives. It made all the difference in my life. And having that is, is a gift. And, it, and that's how, so I consider Trips for Kids to be a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, you know, and that's perfectly well said. You know, Trips for Kids really has, it, it gives you a family, you know. Um, I feel that personally because, Ever since I joined uh, Truth for Kids, everyone, everyone that I've interviewed, you know, it feels like I'm meeting more and more family members, you know, and uh, it's like we all have the same mission. We all completely agree on just the fundamental mission of Truth for Kids, and it's something that we all feel really passionate about. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would I completely agree with you. Um, so I want to ask you, why do you feel that it's important for your community to have a chapter and have these programs that these kids uh, do? Well, I live in New York City. You know, when I tell people I run a mountain bike program, they're like, what? You, I live in New York City. How can you run a mountain bike program? Yeah. And, like, and, and it's in New York City. It's in Queens. Mm-hmm. So, it, 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 you know, today is a day of technology, of um, not being out really in the city. Kids aren't, don't have the same freedom that they do out in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now with COVID, biking is something that is, you can do socially separate with social social distancing because you're going to be six feet apart. Um, So it really gives them the best of both worlds because what the urban life gives you is the busyness, the education, the, the, you know, the, the best of the best with this outdoor element of freedom at the same time. So you have these two 
worlds in the same city. And I think it's really important that everybody have both. I, I, you know, I live on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. I'm surrounded by cement, but yet it's so important to have my outdoor time. And before COVID, to do this layer, I would, I would leave from, I would go out from the trails. I would race home to get my daughter changed for the ballet, right? And then we would go to the, to, to, to the Met and go to the ballet. And from mountain biking to the ballet in one night, how amazing is that? Yeah. And that the kids have the opportunity to, to get outside and to see what's in their backyard. When we did our open rides in Queens, I would invite the community. And these people had no idea what was in, literally in their backyards, across the street from their houses. They would see the trees. But they had no idea that they knew that there's actual trails that they could go hiking on or biking in. Yeah. No, 100%. You know, it's like... It's like uh, you're seeing everything from the car window and you don't know what it actually is like in there until you're in there on the bike and you're, you're in it, you're breathing in that air. You're, as, as you mentioned earlier, you're seeing the, the uh, squirrels that you might not have never seen before because you're otherwise in, in the urban areas, you know, you're in the street and you're walking on the sidewalk and stuff. So, so yeah. There's this there's this one amazing group we work with out on Long Island. It's very far out. It's like an exit 66, and and they it's a uh, it's a group home, mm-hmm. and we take them to this trail called Rocky Point, and um and in that trail there is deer galore, there's deer everywhere, yeah. and so these kids, I mean, are I just love it. They'll be coming around a trail, they'll come around a curve, and there's like a mother with two her two fawns, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my god, <laughs> and you know it's really cool to see that and it's not like they haven't you know they live out there it's not like they haven't seen deer but to be interacting with them and to see that the deer don't really run away from us because they're i guess they're used for the mountain bikers in their trail but they're they all just hang out and kind of like wander by mm-hmm. or you have to wait until they cross the trail because mm-hmm. there's they'll be like right on the trail yeah and we'll run into turtles that'll be on the trail i mean it's just really fun to, and and they're so fascinated by like oh my god this is like real wildlife yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's not like you see on the TVs when you're watching, you know, Nat Geo or Animal Planets. You're seeing it in person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to continue talking forever, as I mentioned, because this is uh, this is definitely something that we both definitely could. Um, but to wrap everything up, are there any special projects, anything you guys got going on at uh, in your chapter that you'd like to tell listeners about? So. We are a um, 100% volunteer organization. Um, even the 20 years that I've invested, it's all been volunteer, all, all volunteer time. And all of our fundraisers, uh, are, all of our funding through grant writing and um, fundraising through private adults, um, families and such. So, you know, we have amazing programs. We have a, a family ride club and we have our race team and we do agency rides and we do our, hopefully we'll get back to our community events. Um, with the approaching of what's happening in 2020, I don't really know what next year is going to look like, but I would like um, to continue working with more agencies and getting more people out on, more families out on bikes. I love that. Both, um, both our family ride club and our race team, a lot of the parents get involved and we really want it because it empowers the family dynamic in a different way. So I'd really like to do more of that and to bring it to different um, types of families to, to really make it more diversified. I have five boroughs plus Long Island um, that I'm working with now. Um, I actually, I don't, I don't, I no longer have Staten Island. They um, graduated. So, um, but I have a lot of the 
boroughs. And so I have, it's really nice, diverse, diverse, nice diversity, but I'd like to have more. And I definitely would like to have more girls and really work on getting more girls on bikes because mountain biking, there's only 10%. They say 20%, but I don't see it in the, I don't see it in New York. Mm -hmm. And it's only 10% of girls on bikes, particularly from at middle school. So I'd like to um, have more programming. And in order to have more programming, I need to have more money. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. so if people want to really help, they can volunteer. They can send money to tripsforkids.nyc. Mm -hmm. They can um, donate services other than just volunteering on the trail. Like I'm trying to rebuild my website. I'm trying to um, have a web manager. I'm like my social media manager. That's like, so people can donate other things other than just volunteering. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure and it was a lot of fun talking with you. It was really great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to listening to your other podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode with my guests. If you want more information about Trips for Kids or would like to follow their social media, you can go to Trips for Kids National on Instagram. That is Trips, F-O-R, Kids National on Instagram. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter at Trips for Kids, which is also Trips, F-O-R, Kids. If you want even more information, you can go to their website at tripsforkids.org. See you in the next episode.